hold up. If God be for us, if God be for us, if God be for us, it's more than the whole world against us. Thank you, and God bless Selzer. I help prepare musical programs here at KBU, folk, country, and jazz. I think one big way that the station supports the Portland area is by providing commercial-free musical entertainment of every imaginable variety. And it's all prepared and presented by volunteers from your community. It's good for us volunteers, and it's good for you. Knowing that you don't. We all need to support the station to keep the music flowing. If you like listening to music on KBOO, thank you. And please continue your support of this wonderful full-service community radio station. Go to kboo.fm give to become a member or just to help keep the station going strong. Thanks. For years and years I rambled. I drank my wine and KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with the requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available on our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closures of in-station activity at KBOO, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Program Advisory Committee meets on the second Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held. The Clinton Street Theater in Portland, Oregon, has been home to one of the most underground cult films ever, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Since 1978, the Clinton Street Theater has shown the film every weekend, even during COVID. Today, I talk with Lonnie Joe Lay, owner and operator of the Clinton Street, about Rocky, independent film, theaters, and more on this episode of Times Like Now. Hello, Lonnie Joe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. You are the owner and operator of the Clinton Street Theater, which is a staple of the Portland, uh, let's say, nightlife, the Portland culture. <laughs> uh, I, I think I would say a very valuable part of the city's culture. And how long have you been a part and been co-owner or owner, excuse me, operator of the Clinton Street Theater? Uh, I purchased the theater in 2012. It wasn't the building. I just purchased the business. But um, I, I did. Uh, my husband's a 25% owner of the business, and I'm the primary owner. But yeah, 2012, nine years ago. Okay. And how does it feel? You know, was this a dream of yours to become a theater, become an independent theater owner in the heart of Southeast Portland? No. <laughs> I, I had moved to Portland in uh, 2001 uh, from New York, and uh, I didn't have to work for a while, and which was great, and I did a lot of volunteer work, and I did go to film school, and um, anyway, uh, I made a couple of films. I did some films that I put out uh, for, for uh, festivals. I, the movie business is very much a male-dominated kind of place. Uh, uh, exhibition is also very male-dominated. And as I was, you know, trying to get make a way as a documentary filmmaker, it just it just seemed like there were a lot of places. Uh, there were very few places for women or people of color or people who are LGBTQIA, whatever. There were just voices that weren't being heard. And so the theater came up for uh, sale on Craigslist ad, if you can imagine that. And I don't know, there was just something inside me that said, you're going to do that. You're, you are going to do that. And I don't know what that little voice is inside me that's, you know, tells me that I should do this, that, or the other thing, but I kind of believe it and, and I trust it. And um, so, okay. <laughs> it's like, so, I I met the guy who was selling the business and and my husband said it's not worth it. It's totally a bad idea. And I kept saying, "No, really. This is something I need to do. I have to do this." And uh I took a, a more and more and second mortgage out on our house so that I could buy the business and it just became a labor of love. I was, you know, my late 50s. And, um, yeah, I just started making it what it is now. I mean, it always had a place. The theater is over 100 years old and has been operating this entire time. So it's had a lot of different lives, you know. And and so I just knew that I had a vision or a dream of what I wanted it to become. And, and that's what happened. I just started. <laughs> well, I... I... I noticed behind you there a sign, a, a crazy quest for sanity. That certainly, I think, applies to to what you've done there. And the the people that operate these theaters, these independent theaters, uh, like yourself and others over the hundred years, are really the lifeblood. You know, it's a building. With without the people, it's it's just a a, a building. But the right. the scene, the feeling of that theater. I've worked on productions in that theater. I've screened my films uh, at festivals there as well. I'm very well knowledgeable of the place, and it is a, a a close place in my heart. And I think a lot of folks would also feel the same. Which leads me to 
the biggest thing that Rocky, or excuse me, that the Clinton Street is known for is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. Exactly. 78, 1978, the Clinton Street began screening the movie at midnight and still going on today, minus our time spent in COVID. Now, how did you deal with that? Well, actually, so um, it's a a big secret, but uh, I mean, it's not really a secret, but through this entire year, we have still screened the Rocky Horror Picture Show on, you know, on our screen, in our auditorium, in our theater, without anybody there. Just the MC from our uh, BIY night. So we have cast nights. We have a shadow cast that performs, and, and that's all big and crazy and huge. But we also have BIY nights, which are be it yourself. You know, Frankenfurter says, don't dream it, be it. And so we have a very much a do-it-yourself culture in Portland. And so it's like a be-it-yourself culture, too. Like, be yourself. That's what Rocky's really all about in the first place. So and the MC of the BIY Nights, Nathan, had felt so strongly about keeping our streak alive that he has been coming in every single Saturday night for this past year to play the the- play the movie sitting all by himself in the theater. So it's going to be really great when we come back on April 3rd and we actually have customers in the theater. We're going to have our very first Rocky with customers, um, our anniversary weekend, because we started, like you said, in 1978, April this April the April 1978, or the first weekend in April. So, yeah, that's that's coming up our anniversary. That is and- incredible. I'm I'm so glad to hear that that it was going on, still still keeping up the record. Um, what it is the record for the the most uh, screenings or the most continuous in the United States? Is that correct? In the whole world, there used to be another right. place in Germany, but they. Uh, stopped a few years back they you know they had a little castle and everything but they've closed so we're still going on strong and yeah and we did keep it going through this whole year I don't want you know the I don't know it just you know we just didn't tell people because we couldn't have anybody in there but it just was so important to Nathan and to you know and to the life of the theater too that we had this still there still happening Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And so a little bit about, about the other things that the theater does, the other movies that you're playing, the other uh, events that go on there, uh, local film festivals oh, and traveling film festivals as well. Give me a little list of, of what's been happening uh, prior to COVID, of course, and what's coming up in the future. Uh well, first of all, the Portland, uh, the Clint Street Theater puts on its own film festival every year, not in 2020, but, well, we actually did it in January of 2020, but we haven't set a date for 21, but we have the Portland Underground Film Festival, and so the that's been happening for over 15 years, and I've been doing it since we took over in various um, iterations, but it, our the festival, as we put on the underground film, has a lot more um, experimental kind of stuff. But we also have spoofs, and we have there's 
definitely a couple of blocks of gore and but it's it's all stuff that's just made on little to no budget you know that's what we really or uh or, or underground for us is stuff that is trying to like use different ways to make things happen without a lot of money you know just that gorilla kind of down and dirty filmmaking and it's been hard for filmmakers this past year because everybody wants to be safe and careful but um i hope that we can have the underground film festival again before the year is out um we also have manhattan short film festival we have um we do a, a, a partnership with the German Film Festival throughout the year so that they have a monthly screening every single year. We've had the Rural Route Film Festival, which is a traveling film festival. We have um, the, the Bow Wow Dog Festival every year, which is super fun. Uh, I, I, I don't know. We just, there's a lot of, uh, uh, they change their names, but we have lots of extreme sports festivals that come through town and we have those, you know, for rock climbing and, and, and windsurfing and all kinds of stuff like that. There's just some really great stuff uh, to be seen there. I, we just, we do a lot of stuff like that. We have always uh, partnered with nonprofits and uh, we, give them space to show mostly documentaries that are dear to their cause and and help them raise money that way so we see a lot of documentaries we care a lot about the environment and we care a lot about justice and um, we partner with different uh, black organizations and other uh, you know people of color organizations in Portland so that they have a space too and that's just on the film side. So somewhere along the way, uh, part of what I wanted was to have the, the theater not only just show films, because that's one expression of creative, creativity and artistic you know, um, expression, but to have space for other kinds of performing arts so it could become a community for performing arts space. So we have live theater, and we have the 10-minute play festival that comes through three to four times a year. So this is all 10-minute plays that are locally written, locally acted, locally directed. And the tickets have always only been $5 so that anybody can have a huge night of entertainment for absolutely no money to speak of. We have um, we have a drag show that was the first Friday of every month that was incredible. And, and the thing about our drag show is it was a lot of younger uh, drag queens, drag kings, and they and they ha had a very different um, way of looking at their uh, art, and so that a lot of it was very political and a lot of you know very it just it wasn't just your your dad's Judy Garland or you know Liza Minnelli kind of drag show. So so that's always been good. We've had we have live music. We had a Clinton Street stomp, so that was all acoustic music. No nothing was amplified, and we have such a wonderful little space that you know it wasn't necessary. So uh, a Clinton Street stomp. We've had dance programs. We do a great Day of the Dead program. We've always done an annual thing for Martin Luther King holiday and for. Um, just uh, Fat Tuesday showing documentary films of Les Blank. We, you know, we have our Christmas almost a week to two weeks of The Big Lebowski every single year because 
I'm not a Christian and I get kind of like Ugh, with Christmas. And so the Big Lebowski is a great antidote for that. So if people are sick of their family, they can come and just abide with the dude and have, you know, I make really good rice. I call them rice Russians because they're made with sake and uh, that's fun. And, and we have, um, you know, do we just do regular things? Halloween is huge for Rocky Horror, of course, and we have multiple shows, you know, more than one a day, three a day, four a day kind of thing. So, yeah, so there's lots of different stuff that we do. I mean, I could just go on and on. I can't even think of everything that we do because we, we really were a theater that had something different every day of the week. Yeah. Your enthusiasm is is a joy to to oh, see yeah. and to hear uh, about your you know your your passion for what you're doing <clears throat> and for the theater itself. It's it's really good to hear. It's very engaging. Um, it is a really a great place to be a part and feel a part of the artistic community in Portland. It is a hub for for this community to gather and always has been for well I'm going to wager 100 years it's yeah. been this kind of place um a little bit about uh for instance um some of the phone calls that you get from let's say parents who are taking their kids or or their kids are going to see Rocky maybe for the first time or the, or or whatever. What is some of the uh, things that you have heard and dealt with in some of the uh, parents? <laughs> well, the silliest thing is when a parent calls me and says, is my, is my child old enough to come to Rocky Horror Picture Show? And I'd be like, well, you know, I don't know your child. And you are the parent, you know, how old is your child? You know, uh, how mature is your child? And, uh, you know, and how, how uh, are you coming with your child? You know, there's those kind of things because um, Rocky, we don't card people. I mean, you know, court, you know, it's like a, it's 17 and older kind of thing, but we don't card people. And one of my volunteers, well, she's now on staff, but she, started being a volunteer at my theater when she was 15 and just and was Columbia in Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, I mean, she was very mature and had been attending Rocky for many years by the time that I met her. And she's now, you know, 20, um, in her 20s, which is hard to believe. But yeah, so it just depends. So parents, um, you know, parents, they have to they have to know their child i mean how how comfortable are you talking about sex to your children i mean because it's a very sexually uh provocative kind of uh, movie in some regards i mean a lot of it's very tame now you see worse just on uh whatever it's like it's like south park except we don't bleep anything out <laughs> Especially when it comes to the callbacks. And so so we always, like, when people come and buy their tickets, we have this whole spiel, you know. It's like, how do you feel? About, I mean, do you know there's going to be cussing? And, you know, and they're actually cussing and saying all the words that they're going to hear when they get inside. And it's like, because if you don't like this, then don't go in there. You know, we, you know, we like to let – we want people to know up front that it's not going to be just your, your everyday movie, you know, that – people are going to be interacting with the screen and they're going to be, you know, getting up and running around maybe or getting up in their seats and dancing. And 
So yeah, the, 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 the parents need to know. And I'm surprised that more parents don't know what <laughs> the movie is. Um, I mean, I don't know, Gen X parents now have millennials as children. And I think they probably went to see Rocky Horror a time or two. But, but I guess unless they were in Portland, Oregon, they probably didn't go out and see Rocky in the way right. that it is meant to be seen unless they're in New York or maybe LA or a larger city. So I can see right. how that would be yeah. a concern. And, you know, all they'd have to do is a little YouTube searching to educate themselves. But, uh, but right. I'm glad you're doing it. Um, it is a, uh, it is a, a rite of passage for, for many of the kids and, and young adults in the oh, Portland yeah. community. Yeah. Cause when I bought the, theater seven you know um almost nine years ago i wasn't sure about it you know i knew that it had been around forever and it was like but this is kind of crazy i mean i'm i'm 67 i'd seen it when it came out back in 75 originally but i just saw it once and i didn't think anything about it because i had you know my regular little middle class white you know life I didn't I didn't understand the struggles that some people had about their sexuality I didn't uh, you know know how difficult it could be to feel different or like you don't fit in I mean I felt like a, a you know a duck out of water in some ways because I grew up in Oklahoma and I certainly didn't think the way a lot of people you know most of the people I knew thought about most everything but um when I came, when I bought the theater and we started doing the Rocky shows, I had kids come up and tell me, you know, how Rocky Horror had saved their life because they had been depressed or suicidal, had cut, had, you know, had just had been banished by family, bullied at school. Rocky was someplace they could come and feel safe to be themselves. And that they could be accepted and loved for whoever they were. And, the, and maybe they didn't know yet. And that was totally okay, too. You know, you could you could try on different things. You know, I could wear fishnets, to, fishnets today and, you know, a corset next week. Or maybe just, you know, just the cummerbund. I don't know. It just... Um, it didn't matter and that and I since I've owned it for nine years like I said I I've seen these young people grow and you know and know some of them are getting their PhDs in chemical whatever you know or engineering and you know one is in a state school uh, doctoral program in musicology I mean you know it just people they need it for a little while to feel like they belong and have a place have a home and then they could take the strength that they have and 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 the um the courage and just become whoever you know because they can be it they can be it themselves they can be themselves so yeah i feel like we offer a, a huge service not just to the lgd lgbtqia community in portland but to the community at whole you know is that people are better, you know, they get their mental health <laughs> sometimes there when it's so hard to get it anywhere else, they can be okay. And and sometimes that's what you just need to know. It's like, I'm okay. Yeah. A support yeah. group, uh, uh, like you said, a, a place to feel safe and a yeah. support group. And, and it, and it actually comes 
perfectly clear that it's a springboard, that you are a springboard there for the creatives, for the brains, for the people that grow up and, and as you so, so well put, uh, go on to do great things in their communities and for themselves. Um, it is really valuable. It is a service yeah. to, to have that place. Like I said, it's just a building without people as yourselves uh, lending support to it. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for, for doing that. I mean, I spent my years there. Uh, I would say long before you were there, I spent some time <laughs> at that theater. But as I said, I have worked on uh, films, also 48-hour film festivals that have screened there. That was another one that I know uh, screened there years ago. So in addition to to that, you also have a private rental. The The place can be rented for private events, Correct. Exactly. So um, we're doing that right. We do it anytime, but right now we're that's all we're doing on the other days of the week, except for when we have Rocky on Saturday nights. But yeah, for a very nominal amount of money, a hundred dollars an hour. Right now, we're allowing folks to bring in up to twelve people, and so uh, people have been there to celebrate a birthday, or we've had a lot of really sweet. Um, engagements happen at the theater and people like to uh, put stuff together on video now it's so easy for folks you know to make the videos on their iPhones and and so that all that kind of stuff is happening where people are or they're they're putting together old uh, videos of their families or we've had memorial services we've uh, also it can be used if a, a band wants to come in and stream something or a you know small group of people want to do a, a like some spoken word and stream that we can help with that and uh, yeah so all of that private that, stuff that's wonderful to hear um I was going to mention or bring up volunteers you have uh, uh, volunteer opportunities for people um, a little bit about that Okay, so when we're open, and we're not fully open yet, but um, we have usually a volunteer who just likes to hang out and <laughs> help with the food or, the, you know, the ticketing or stuff like that. And uh, in exchange, they get to um, come see any movie that they want, any time they want, and, or any event. And also, if we're not busy on a certain night, they can use the theater for a private party of their own so it's not a bad little deal you know to help out and they a lot of people come when they when they first moved to Portland again they need to be someplace where they can meet people and it's a good way to meet you know people that are fun and creative and you know just interesting sometimes a little nerdy it's all it's all the good stuff and uh and then they'll do it for a while and then they can move on <laughs> you know Right, right. Um, so, what's coming up on your calendar besides April 1st, uh, correct? April 1st for Rocky? April 1st is when we're going to start the private rentals, and then April 3rd is when we start Rocky, and because of the way uh, the guidelines are in Oregon, we have to uh, be closed by 11 p.m., so... Even though Nathan has been showing the movie at our regular time of midnight, this, for a while anyway, we're calling this 
um, Greenwich Village Midnight. So instead of Greenwich Mean Time, it's Greenwich Village Midnight Time, and that's nine o'clock. So we're going to open the doors at eight. The pre-show is at eight thirty, and again, it's a very modified pre-show. No spitting. People are not going to be spitting or anything like that. And then we're going to start the movie at nine o'clock, so it'll be over by eleven. Um, but uh, what's coming up? I've booked. I've got one thing booked in August. <laughs> And that's going to be a, a, a traveling show of a, a gentleman who does uh, James Brown impressions. But it's like a whole show. So it's like his life a little bit and his songs and he's with a band. And we there's just not a lot we can do in terms of live until uh, we have more people vaccinated and we reach a bigger herd immune herd immunity that's the word right so so yeah we just have to keep watching and everybody still has to be very good about wearing their masks when they're out and socially distancing and taking care of themselves and staying well because we want to get out from under this so be cautious of it now because while we're still kind of in the ramping up of the vaccines too many people still have you know could get sick so i i'm um i said earlier that we had the 10 minute play festival i booked it their first one back which will be in september um an actor who does a thing called my my americana every two years uh for july 4th weekend he's going to be back this year on july 2nd that's a friday night so yeah wonderful yeah we've got so it's really fun it's based it's like Baseball, it's all of, it's all about growing up American and it changes every two years and he adds new stuff and takes out old stuff and some stuff stays the same. So it's just, it's been a really great what evolution watching the piece change over time. So that's what I've got so, booked. I hope in, I will, hope in uh, May we're going to start showing repertory films to the general public. So the things I'm looking at booking are like Hedwig and the Angry Inch and um, things that they like, like Blade Runner and uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So we're just going to be looking at booking a lot of those kind of films throughout May and into June, and then we'll see where we are in terms of our numbers. That is all great stuff. We will be doing yeah. the Time Warp again starting April yes. 3rd at the Clinton Street Theater. The website is uh, cstpdx.com? Correct. Is that, that's, that's correct. Yes. Um, Lonnie Joe, thank you so much for your time. Owner, operator, Clinton Street Theater, keeping things alive in Southeast Portland and uh, still showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Thank you so much. You're so very welcome. Thank you so much. Past episodes of Times Like Now can be found wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Trevor Collins. I can be reached, Trevor, at timeslikenow.com. Thank you to J. Cody Robertson for original music. And I'll talk to you next time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. In short, 
The period was very much like the present period. You're listening to Community Radio, KBOO.